seems as if our southern neighbours, the Victorians, are like frogs in boiling water when it comes to violent crime. Carjackings and violent home invasions just keep on going and it doesn't seem to matter how much money the Premier and his completely hopeless Police Commissioner Graham Ashton throw at the problem. Their politically correct view of policing just doesn't work. We knew that in New South Wales 25 years ago. We fixed our crime problem. We now have the lowest crime rates on record. And, uh, but in Victoria, they just keep on hurting. Frontline police and victims are the ones being hurt, and the Liberal opposition seems to offer no solutions at all. Former Victorian Chief Police, Chief police Commissioner Kel Glare is on the line. Good afternoon, Kel. Hello, Miranda. Now, we've been talking for, seems like, years uh, about this problem, and yet, Kel, has anything improved with crime in Victoria in terms of the home invasions and the violent carjackings that make life a misery? No, not really, and that's not entirely the, the police problem. Uh, our courts down here are so weak-kneed that uh, it seems that no-one ever gets a substantial sentence. And when you have people convicted for the fourth or fifth or sixth time for violent offence and they don't get the maximum set by Parliament, uh, I believe that's you know, showing a real contempt for the parliamentary process. It sure is. Um, and I guess you're right, but the, the, the government is also responsible for who they appoint to the judiciary. Have they shown any signs of understanding that uh, a weak court system is filtering through and causing mayhem for the public and for the frontline police? I think the short answer to that is no, not at all. Uh, they make a lot of uh, grandiose statements, but it doesn't translate to any change in uh, what's happening in the courts. And uh, it seems to me that you know, it, it's just impossible to argue that the, the people in the judicial system are, in fact, in touch with community expectations. And now we hear from Channel 7 News that paramedics have been given a list of no-go zones in Melbourne to keep them away from dangerous situations where they could be attacked. Now, Kel Glare, is this acceptable in Australia and would this ever have happened under your watch? Absolutely not. One of the things that must happen immediately in those areas is for a concentrated police presence to, to put an end to whatever's happening there. That's absolutely essential, and uh, one can't back away from that. But in my view, Victoria Police have become so frightened of making mistakes and so risk-averse that they've actually lost sight of what they're there for. Well, we saw that uh, today when we heard from... There was a story in the Melbourne Age that hours before Demetrius Gargasoulis allegedly used a stolen car to mow down pedestrians in Melbourne's Burke Street, police were warned that he posed a serious threat to the public. Elite police from the critical incident response team were asked to intercept him twice within a nine-hour period before he allegedly used the Holden Commodore to hit and kill six people on January 20 last year. And um, The Age says that officers were, quote, crippled with indecision after being given an order to arrest Mr Gargasolis. Now, this is before the court, so obviously we can't... Uh, we have to be careful about what we say. But, Kel Glare, that points to a real problem with inside the police force, particularly these elite squads who want to do the right thing. They want to try and save people and lock up um, you know, alleged crooks, uh, and yet they're being stopped by the hierarchy. One of the golden tenets of policing is that if a colleague calls for assistance, then um, everything possible is done to provide that assistance. Now, I'll just speak in general terms rather than about that specific mm. case, but 
if a call is made uh, by someone who says, look, we need help uh, in these particular circumstances, then every effort should be made to provide that help. And I can't think of any other group um, more capable of providing help than a critical incident response team. I mean, that's their very job, for God's sake. And, uh, you know, if they are given a tip-off, what, what are they meant to do? Well, I would have thought that... Uh, you know, this case cried for their immediate attention and uh, and just to leave it to someone else is an abrogation of, uh, of responsibility and uh, it's really not up to the standards that are required of police in general. And is this um, partly a problem of, in Victoria, banning police uh, pursuits? For instance, uh, look, in, I know in Sydney we, we have cars stolen. There was a $250,000 Audi R8 supercar in uh, at the north of our city stolen by a fake prospective buyer a few months ago and there was a big police chase and it made headline news and uh, the police managed to block the street with their vehicles and one officer ran alongside the car and smashed in the driver window um, and you know the police actually had a go whereas in Victoria they they don't seem to be allowed to do that our police probably saved you know p- potentially that supercar from running over and killing some people um, in Victoria the police are not able to do their job. Miranda I've been overseas and studied this very problem and the fact is that uh, pursuits by police are dangerous but however Having said that, uh, not chasing is, in my mind, just as dangerous. Now, the choice is between letting offenders flee and creating enormous danger for the public or chasing them, still being in danger, but at least catching the crook that's concerned. And it seems to me catching the crook is the better option. Yes, that's right. And also, surely it's up to the police commissioner to set clear guidelines for police about what they're meant to do. Well, again, this is this risk-averse approach. Uh, you know, don't do anything that's likely to lead to criticism of the force. Well, you know, if policing doesn't come with a guarantee that you won't ever make a mistake, you won't ever be criticised, uh, those risks just have to be accepted. And uh, I believe we're seeing in Victoria, uh, and I'm sad to say it, but I think we're seeing a failure of leadership. So what do you think ought to be done? Oh, I think um, a commission of review, um, there needs to be a total review of the way Victoria Police are carrying out um, their various tasks and um, I think you know that is a, a minimum requirement. A Royal Commission's no help because you only have a Royal Commission when you want an answer five years down the track when things have changed so much that you don't have to do anything. So it needs to be much more uh, urgent attention to the problem than that. But if you were Premier, wouldn't you sack Graham Ashton? Um, I don't know that he's entirely responsible for the problem. I mean, he's at the head. The buck starts always, stops mm. always uh, with the Chief Commissioner. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I sometimes wonder how well he's been briefed, given that he doesn't have a background in community policing. Mm. He came from the Feds, didn't he? Yes, and not from a background of community policing. I'm sure he's got many abilities, but he said himself that he doesn't really know much about com- community policing and quite frankly I don't think he's learned too much in his time here. But Kel Glare, he also seems to be on stress leave all the time. I think he's off again at the moment. As uh, an old saying, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Mm. So why doesn't he get out of the kitchen? Why would you want to, you know, you failed, people are suffering, surely you'd move aside and give the job to someone better. Maybe he's concerned that there is no one better. Well, that might be... Um I'm sure there are quality people around. Um, one of the one of the responsibilities of any uh, 
police commissioner is to develop a succession plan and to actually educate and groom people so that when they decide to quit, there are at least uh, two or three possible um, pe people who could take up the position and handle it well. Yeah, that's just the responsibility of leadership, um, and um, I don't know whether that's happened or not, but I really don't see much evidence of it. And Kel Glare, what is the mood among police and ex-police that you talk to in Victoria? Are they content with the way things are going? I was stopped yesterday by, yesterday by a former police member saying um, how he appreciated the work that our Community Advocacy Alliance is doing uh, to help police on the street and how disgusted he was with what's happening. I uh, get umpteen calls from serving members um, to our group and to, to myself um, expressing disgust at what's happening. Uh, they're frustrated. Uh, they don't believe that they're being adequately led and uh, we don't seek these calls, but um, we have a, a Facebook site, the Community Advocacy Alliance, and I understand that that's watched... Uh, every day by serving members uh, because they like what we're saying and like what we're doing. Well, they must just be pulling their hair out. I cannot understand really why the populace of Victoria doesn't just rise up and revolt against the government over this. It is astonishing that you have to live the way you are. Just come to Sydney and see, you know, we have a bit of crime, but it just gets cleared up by the police. They do their job properly. And uh, considering that Victorians are paying $2.5 billion a year for their police force, and it just all it cares about seemingly is gender equity and diversity and virtue signalling and ridiculous. Uh, there was that stunt the other day where a bunch of kids got to come and throw paintballs at a police station for, you know, LGBT Harmony Day. Yeah, I looked at the statistics uh, yesterday about the numbers of uh, police in New South Wales and um, I think with a population of 8 million, there were um, 16,000 about police in New South Wales. Victoria, the population, one and a half million less, had uh, a couple of thousand more police. And, of course, we've got something like 1,700 uh, protective service officers attached to the force as well, doing specific duties, mostly on railway stations, but, uh, but they do you know, have a, a policing presence in those areas. So uh, Victoria is comparatively very well off, and given the geographic area, very well off uh, for police numbers. But... They don't seem to be allocated where the problems are. You know, every time something happens, some little thing, there's another task force. And task forces take a lot of people who spend a lot of time doing very little. Yes, well, look, I, I know I hear people in Victoria, particularly in the media, complain that it's something to do with Sudanese gangs and so on. But, you know, it's, it's, it, the fact is that New South Wales police have faced worse ethnic crime problems and they still manage to do their job. Uh, I don't think the race of the perpetrators is ever the problem. So... Um, you know, I, I just I just despair, Kel Glare, and, and good luck to you. If any of those police uh, officers, those serving officers that do contact you want to contact me, um, I'm more than happy to air their issues and try and get to the bottom of what's going wrong in Victoria. Just a final question, Kel Glare. Do you think that the, um, the Liberal opposition in Victoria have any ideas about how to fix it? Doesn't seem so to me. No, I do believe that they have uh, quite a number of ideas. I mean, they have already announced this policy, the reintroduction of the Police in Schools program that I started in 1989, was abolished in 2006, after the Monash University did an academic study and said it was a good program, achieving good results for young people. So the abolition of that program, I think, is one of the reasons that we have the problems that we have. And I think Victoria Police have disconnected from youth 
by and large, uh, and it was just heartening to read of uh, one initiative of um, about 90 serious offenders being mentored on an individual basis, uh, an initiative, and I think that's great. But uh, overall, um, I think as we come towards the election in Victoria, there will be a number of policies uh, released by the opposition. I've never been political in my life until now. Mm. Well, um, it's good to hear that, Kel Glare. I hope, I hope they do have some clues. Thanks very much for talking to us. My pleasure, Marina. And that was Kel Glare, the former police commissioner in Victoria. And it's not for want of manpower in Victoria that they're having this crime rate that soared 23% in five years. They have more police per capita than New South Wales, as you just heard Kel Glare said, and we have the lowest crime rate for two decades. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.